You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the key factors in drill design. So if you're a coach and you like learning new drills or at least talking about drills, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after 11 years coaching competitive volleyball and as a head coach of a college team, I've become obsessed with helping athletes and coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to train efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I've created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is the Volleyball by Design podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 54 of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Hope you guys are doing well today. Another great day for hopefully another great episode where we're going to talk about drill design. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to welcome uh, our, any new listeners to the pod. Welcome to the pod. You got about 53 episodes to get caught up on. Um, my name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the Volleyball by Design podcast. I'm a college coach. Um, I mentor coaches around the world. Volleyball is a big part of my life, I, I got to say. And for our regular listeners, thank you again. What can I say? I appreciate you, you tuning in and always uh, supporting the pod. I appreciate it. Uh, so today we're going to talk about some drill design. Drill design. Oh, one more thing I forgot to mention. Um, so if you've been listening to the pod, you know that I held a contest um, a couple weeks ago for my 50th episode. Okay. Un- it's unbelievable that I've already hit 50 episodes. Uh, it seems like I just started this pod not too long ago, but we already, it's been, it's been over a year or actually it's been just about a year now. And, oh, it's, it's incredible how, how much the show has grown. We, I think we're averaging about 6,000 listens or downloads a month. And that's, it's been going up, you know, hopefully we hit that 10,000 month uh, download mark, but we've, we've been improving. So it's kind of, it's exciting. And I'm glad that people are, are tuning in. Uh, I'm being able to provide some value and you guys are getting something out of it. So that's, that's, um, it means a lot to me. I appreciate it. But yeah, the, so the contest we had, uh, I, I finally announced the winner, um, I was, unfor- I was supposed to announce it on May 30th, I think, but guess what? Um, my baby boy was born on May 30th, so I was a little bit busy. So I had to postpone the contest for another week. And the winner of the contest is Chaotic Striker. Um, that's his Instagram handle, but his name is actually Anthony. So congratulations, Anthony. I've al- we've already connected, I know, but for the listeners out there, uh, I, have, I, I announced the winner um, not, uh, June 8th, I think I announced the winner. But I completely forgot to uh, announce it on the podcast. So, so the winner of the pod, uh, of that contest, uh, three months free inside Digital Volleyball Academy, as as well as a one on one coaching call with me. And if you guys don't know what Digital Volleyball Academy is, it's my signature membership where I get to mentor and help coaches around the world. So as members, they get access to all my resources, basically all the courses that I've created over the years on all the skills and positions in our game. You get two coaching calls a month with me as a group of coaches, plus you get like behind the scenes to my practices, my games, you know, all that stuff. And um, I do live training. So I do a lot of live training inside DVA. So it's a really cool mentorship program for coaches that want to grow and see results much faster. One of the best things I can give advice to new coaches is finding a mentor. You know, when I was young, it took me a while to find a mentor. And unfortunately, uh, when I actually not unfortunately, but when I did find a mentor, I learned more in three weeks than I did in the previous three years. And it was, it was unreal. So uh, I, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I'm able to provide this mentorship 
um, to our members, and we have members around the world. It's pretty cool. So that's what uh, that's what the winner got. That's what Anthony got. An extra three months, three months of DVA for absolutely free, uh, and a one-on-one coaching call. So let's get into today's episode uh, where we're going to talk about the. Now, here's the thing with drill design. So drill design and drills in general. They this is a this is a conversation that could last an entire month. I mean, there there are courses that you can take that talk about drill design. I think I, I attended a workshop that was pretty much a three-day workshop that was heavily focused on drill design. So we can this conversation can can go a long way. So I'm just going to talk about key factors. I, w- I want to stimulate some ideas for you, maybe something that you haven't heard or thought about before, uh, and that can you know get you, get get the um. Get the drill design going for you, okay? So this is not going to be like a, a like a step by step map on how to do drill design, but I'm going to hopefully give you some key factors. Um, and some of the things will be step by step, but it's not a, an entire step by step training, okay? Um, I will say, if you're a DVA listener, okay, if you're a, uh, one of the coaches inside DVA, I am going to be doing a training on drill design uh, next week, I believe. So that will be a little bit more um, in depth. But this is if you're still not if you're not a DVA member, you're still going to get a ton of value out of it, I promise. So. The first thing I want to talk about is this ideal of fundamentals versus skills. Now, I've, I've mentioned this on the pod before, so I apologize if you've already heard it, but sometimes it's good to hear it again. And it's a significant difference that I took a while to understand. So I'm going to tell you a little story. When, um, when I was coaching, back when I was coaching club, we had a, a tournament that we went to, and our passing was horrendous. It was a really, really bad passing game. And um, I, I got my, my assistant coach, showed me the stats, and it was just, I didn't even need to see the stats. I, I, you knew it was just going to be a terrible number. It was like below like 1.1 or something, something really bad. So I went back to practice the following day, and we did a ton of passing drills, right? Had a lot of serving, a lot, a lot of passing, and, and I noticed that the results weren't improving. Our passing wasn't getting better. It, this, it was, in fact, if anything, it was getting worse or it was staying the same. Uh, so then I had to take a step back and I finally realized that we didn't have a passing problem. We had a fundamental problem. We couldn't create a platform. That was our problem. Our players didn't have the ability to create a proper platform. So the, the difference is passing is a skill. Creating a platform is a fundamental. Okay, let me say that again because it's important to understand the difference. Passing is the skill. Creating a platform is the fundamental. And in order to execute the skill, you have to know the fundamental, right? You have to be able to do the fundamentals. So that was the problem. So we had to go back and we had to teach our players how to create a platform. And that's a tough thing to do, by the way. Creating a platform is not an easy task, right? It's, you know, it's, you got to elevate your shoulders. You got to extend your arm, you know, your lat is being extended, you know, your elbows are being in, your wrist down, and then when you're passing outside of your body, you got to drop your shoulder on one side and do all, all these crazy things that your body is not normal, like, it's not normal for your body to do this, so as coaches, we got to train our athletes to become normalized to this this feeling, so once we did that, then we started working our way up to being able to pass a volleyball, all right? And, and then, you know, a common word that's thrown out there when it comes to drills is progression. And yeah, progression is super important. So I'm going to pretend that, you know, we're, we're, let, let's talk passing, for example, okay? If we were trying to train passing, we're trying to think of drills and we're trying to train passing, um, 
you know, what we do is we want to first train the fundamental. So as I just described, you're going to walk through how to create a platform with all your players and you're going to have them do it. And then you're going to pair them off. You can pair them off, put them in threes, fours, whatever. And I would recommend using a net. I, I always like throwing a ball over a net. If you don't have the luxury of being able to have all the athletes on the net, fine. But what you would do is then you have a player toss the ball over the net and let your player, you know, use their platform to bump to a target. It could, be, it could be bumping to another player or it could be bumping to whatever. And we do this, we train this over and over again until they get used to that fundamental, that feeling of creating a platform and that sweet spot, understanding where the ball has to hit their platform every time. Okay. Once we start getting better at that, then we make it tougher. Maybe we, we toss further away. So you have your player step further back, further back, further back and let them toss, you know, even further. Because then the element of depth perception comes in where we now have to maybe reach outside of our body to pass the ball or, or whatever the case is, but we're working on the platform. Maybe we go cross court, you know, get throw balls from different angles to them. And when they have the ability to use their platform, when they can manipulate their platform consistently, now we can implement a serve, okay? Now someone goes and serves the ball, or if we don't want to serve, we can just, you know, contact the ball above our head so swing across the net a controlled swing we're not trying to score we're trying to you know a good and this actually works the ball control too now that i think about it right because we're now working on our wrist manipulation our overhand contact above our head and they can start doing that and then again your ball control you're working your platform you're working your platform and then we can go to serve and serve and pass with one player Okay, same pairs or threes, and now we're serving and passing and stuff like that with one player. And then you will build up to adding a second passer in because now we're going to have seams and passing zones and maybe being able to read even more and, you know, all these great things. So, you know, the, the lesson here is understanding one, fundamentals and skills are two different things. And two, progression is important. And sometimes even at the elite level, because when I, when I was coaching an elite team at this time, we had to take it back and really work on the fundamentals before we could start getting into more passing drills, okay? Not fundamental drills. So big difference there. So understand that as a coach. Uh, I'll, I'll give you another example, blocking, okay? When we do our progression drills, and I, this is a very common drill we do in our college team, we have our, our players start on one side of the net and they just do the footwork, they, they know two players come up, you know, do the footwork outside to block outside, then, then right side, then outside, then right side. We'll just keep doing the footwork. Just do the footwork. And then the coach will point to a direction. Okay, so then the coach will point to a direction. They, so the, the blockers are lined up waiting for the signal, and the coach will point to either direction, and then the players will execute the footwork, block, seal, and we want to see them working in unison. We want to see them working together. We want to see the fundamentals. We haven't even implemented a ball yet, by the way. We want to see that they can do the fundamentals before we even talk about a ball. And it's interesting when we do this, you know, when, when, um, when the coach points, okay, here's what we're looking for. We're looking for one, can they execute the footwork? Two, can they execute the footwork together as a team, as, as two players or three players? We're looking at you know, how they're moving. We're looking at their eyes. Are they looking up or are, did their eyes go from being neutral to then when the coach points at a direction, did their eyes go to focus on the hitter? Yeah, even though there's no hitter, we're still looking. Even though there's no ball, we're still looking. Um, then we look at their hand positionings. 
over the net? Are they sealing? Are they going up at the same time, down? You know, are they doing all these things? Because if they can't do it without a ball, you can guarantee that they're not going to do it with a ball. So we look at all these things. So we do the footwork, then the coach points, then we throw in a setter. No hitter. Okay, so the ball comes over, libero to, to libero hits, the, you know, coach initiates the ball, libero passes to the setter, and the setter sets either the left side, right side, or pipe. And they 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 do the block. And you'll see right off the bat, when you throw when you start throwing a setter in now, oh, you'll see the people who were guessing instead of reading. You'll see the players who were having a tough time with the footwork, and it's very evident. You can see that. And then the fourth progression is then you throw in some hitters. So we'll have hitters, you know, on a left side and right side, for example. And then after they hit, whoever was on that blocking side will then uh, change over and they'll become the hitter. So we're always being, and this is, a, this is actually one of our popular blocking drills and it's really good progression. It, it really focuses on understanding the fundamentals first and then going to see again, fundamentals and skills. We're working on the fundamentals first and then we're implementing the skill of actually blocking, reading and all that stuff. So you can do this with all the skills we have in our game, relatively speaking, but it's important that you understand that it's a progression and we have fundamentals and we have skills, okay? Uh, one, of the, one thing I wanna to mention too, by the way, I came up with this problem inside DVA. So inside Digital Volleyball Academy, um, I'm always surveying our, our coaches. I'm always wanting to provide, you know, really good training for the coaches. And one of the some of the feedback I got was coaches wanted more training on drills. They wanted more access to drills. And I want everyone listening to understand this, okay? Drills don't make your team better, okay? The more drills you have doesn't mean the more successful your team's going to be. We have to get out of this notion, coaches, of trying to go and search in Google for all these different types of drills. My, my, I probably have that 10 drills that I use in a given season. That might even be more. I might even be like less than that. Like we, I, I don't need 20, 30 drills. You need drills that work the certain skills. And once you find them, that's it. You're good to go. You could even develop your own drills for your own team. So I'm more interested in training my coaches how to think about developing drills and understand. And I'm giving you the, the basics here of fundamentals versus skills. Without understanding that, you won't, you don't have the ability to create you know efficient drills if you're working on passing. You have to understand where it's coming from. So drills aren't going to make you su uh, successful. I want, I want you to understand that, okay? You got to make sure that you work you you understand that it's it's about the skills and the fundamentals that's what it's about okay now obviously drills are going to enhance that sure but the simple you know blocking drill i just gave you that's all we do for blocking guys that's all we do for blocking with with the exception of when we do six on six stuff but that's that's to the extent our blocking goes and we we do put an emphasis on blocking but that's that's how we train it so uh, let's talk about let's talk about some some tactics and, and things like that when it comes to these drill designs. So one thing that um, I want to talk about the, the team as a whole. You know, for the team to work as a whole, we have to be able to read efficiently as a whole. Okay, so what I, what I mean by that is, you know, when we're doing our drills, like the blocking drill, for example. Okay, if one player reads one thing and another player reads it completely different then we're not reading as a team. We have to read the game the same way as a team. And that is how you become more effective. So reading is important and making sure everybody's on the same page, which is why we do progression drills like that. So we start off slow and then we, you know, we continue to progress, progress, progress as a team. 
and we're training that read together. So blocking is a great example. If we're if you know the setter sets a left side and our middle reads it one way and our pin block reads it another way, we're not getting a good block. Um, so reading the same way is important. Deciding on the same course of action, you got to decide. All right, as a team, you have to decide what we're gonna do and then acting together. So there's a little three part for you read. You know, you got to decide. And you got to act on it. And that's why we train progression to be able to do these things as a team. Okay. So really, really basic, but really simple and important for drill design. Okay. Let's talk about some, uh, some six on six stuff. Okay. Now, well, maybe not six on six stuff, but team stuff. So team drills. So there is, um, let's talk about the ideal of no competition versus competition. Okay. So a lot of drills we have are, you know, when we're, when we're training skills, it doesn't really involve competition. Let's go to passing, for example. Passing is more about repetition than competition. So repetition means you're, there's a lot of volume when it comes to passing, especially when we're working on the fundamentals. We're, we, wanna, we want volume. And we want the athletes to be free to make errors. We, they ha, they, we want them to, excuse me, we want them to make errors. Errors is essential to the improvement of the athlete. So repetition, volume-based drills, that's no competition. And I want you to understand that freedom of making errors is great. Then we have the competition. There's a couple aspects of competition. Are they, are they training under pressure? Okay, so are we setting tasks when we, when we talk about these drills? Uh, well, how, how is our point system? How's our point system working? Okay, so this is competition now. We're, we're, um, I, I, when, anytime we do competition, type of drills there's always there's always a point-based system to be quite honest when i do um regular not non-competition drills and stuff like when they're doing passing like we're still our, our coaches are still grading their passing so i guess in theory there is some kind of i mean it, it's measurable feedback but maybe they're having competition amongst themselves to see who gets the better passing grade maybe they're they're, they're t- telling their teammate hey what kind of passing grade did you get oh i got it i got this therefore i beat you you know there is maybe that little competition but the drill itself isn't competition based okay um so let's talk about some six on six stuff here uh when you do six on six there's a lot of different ways you can do this okay there's so many different ways we can do six on six let's talk about the purpose so when i do six on six if I, unless i'm having a regular scrimmage where we're keeping score a regular game go when i do six on six there's always an objective of some sort okay now you can make whatever objective you want but let's say blocking is a focus for us we're doing six on six blocking is a focus for us well what i like to do is i like to change my point system a little bit so if blocking is my focus uh well, let's see. A regular point in volleyball is one point. If a team gets a block touch, hey, that could be a point. They get a point right off the back. Just to get a block touch, they get one point. If they get a block touch that results in a point, that could be two points. If they get a stuff block, that could be three points. So all of a sudden, our block system changed a little bit here. Okay, you get a block touch, automatic point. Congratulations. If you get a block touch that leads to a point instead of one point, that's worth two points. So you get one point for the block touch and you get two points for the for getting a point off that block touch, which means you get a total of three points. Unbelievable. If 
you get a stuff block, that's automatically three points. And I kid you not, when I started implementing these type of uh, like task-based points or whatever the objective is, the focus, like, yes, we play volleyball and everything else matters, but the amount of more touches we would get on the block, the more stuff blocks we get, the mindset of the athletes changed significantly. And it was great to see. And we got better at blocking because, yes, I mean, inevitably, no matter what, they should be trying to block and focus on blocking and all that stuff too. But with the ability to have points and changing the mindset to that, you know, you get extra points for doing that, our blocking was great. And the very next game, our blocking was much better than it was in the previous couple games. So, you know, your point system is a, is a great way to emphasize, you know, what, you, what the focus of that drill is, whatever the case is, Okay. You can decide, do you want coaches to initiate the ball? Do you want players to initiate the ball? Um, another interesting point is, you know, uh, when we work on, I'll give you another one. When we work on out-of-system balls, for example, you know, our, our one of our coaches will, will bounce the ball in, and that will initiate first contact. So sometimes a coach, when a coach initiates the ball in a six-on-six, that could be first contact, and then they only have two more contacts to um, get the ball over. Again, why do we do that? It's a purpose. We're trying to train the out-of-system ball. So when a coach bounces the ball, he's, he's going to be bouncing it backcourt. Naturally, the second ball is going to go to a hitter, and the hitter is going to hit the third ball over. So we're 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 forcing an out of system ball situation by having the coach at the first ball. So there, there's another variation of it. But what I what I want to what what I want you to understand is, look, I'm, we're doing six on six here. Right? I'm, I'm describing six on six situations, and based on this six on six situations and the point system I just described, you could have a var- like whatever skill you're trying to work on, whatever it is. By changing a point system now, you're putting an emphasis on that skill. So we're not changing the drill per se, but we're, we're just changing the emphasis on how the point system works, which in turn, you know, makes the players more aware of it, and therefore you might get better results, okay? So that's kind of a, what, what, I, what I like to, you know, how, how I like to train certain things when it comes to point systems. Now... There's uh you could do four on four, you could do six on six. Um, you know, there's there's and here's where I don't. This is where coaches get overwhelmed, where they're trying to come up with different games and different things. There's nothing better than six on six. All you have to do is take a six on six and modify it to whatever you want to get accomplished. One example is a point system. Another example, uh, and I seen, I seen my mentor Spra do this, is. He may have a game where it's like, you know, six on, on 10. You, know, you have like four or five front court blockers and then, you know, four backcourt players playing against the starting lineup. So the starting lineup is always seeing three hands, or sorry, uh, three sets of, uh, three pairs of hands rather. You know, things like that. Well, that, that's, that's very, it's a different way of looking at it, but you could do something like that. Okay. Again, we're not changing the drill. It's six on six. Well, I guess it's six on 10, but it's the same type of, you know, volleyball game style format uh and then you know there's the the ideal of this term called wash drills you know wash drills are just they're not six it's not six on six to 25 but it's different variations of what we can do with six on six so the whole point here is that you don't need a ton of drills you don't you could take a six on six game and you could creatively structure it in a way where you're emphasizing what you're trying to train for Right, that's what, that's how you got to think about when you're designing your drills. I gave you an example of doing a point system. Gave you an example of contact, where the coach is the first contact, and kind of go from there. You can be creative, 
and figure out how you want to structure the scoring system and how you want to structure the game. But that's what that's what you as a coach, that's what you do. That's the benefit of being a coach. We got a chance to be creative and and figure out and you know what your weaknesses are. Make that an emphasis in your drills. All right. And then well and we 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 talked about um the ideal of fundamental skills and progression. Okay? That we want to train that progression no matter how how you do it. That's it with, with the key aspects of drill design. I didn't want to get into too much detail on you know different methods of doing certain things. Uh, I'm going to get into more detail on my training with my DVA members uh, next week. But um, with you guys, that that this this is hopefully a great first step to now when you sit down and think about your drills, you you may be able to put something to paper a little bit better. Now I do say I want to say as well like. You know, Google and YouTube are great if it, if it stimulates ideas. Sure, you could Google and YouTube a ton of drills. There's so many drills out there. I mean, you can go passing drills and probably find hundreds. So if it stimulates an ideal, great. But again, you know your players. You should be designing drills for your team, for your specific team, right? I, I sometimes all drill all drills fit all. Sure, but in a lot of cases, you want to design a drill that is for your team. Okay, what are your team's weaknesses? And that's how you really effectively have a successful drill is when you can create something that is only for your team and it wouldn't make sense for another team to do it. That's how you can, you know, really enhance your team and target those uh, those weaknesses and turn them into strengths. All right, so that's it for me. Um, if, uh, oh, by the way, I do have a live training coming up uh, next weekend, uh, Sunday and Monday. I have two dates. Pick a day that works for you. Uh, I think it's June 27th and June 28th. It's going to be on efficiency. I ran this training back in March. Uh, I'm a huge, huge, uh, huge person when it comes to efficiencies. It's something I spent a lot of time working on as a coach. And uh, I got a lot of feedback in the past saying that coaches have really gotten a lot of value out of it. So, yay, sign up for the training. It's a great free training. and It's, uh, it's free. costs you nothing. Go to volleyballworkshop.com and sign up for it. And I hope to see you guys inside the training. And uh, if you are a DVA member, I look forward to seeing you guys on my live training with you guys next week as well. All right, that's it for me. Have a great day, and I'll see you next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training, and instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days? When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.